From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Washington Watch. Coming up... An administration that wanted to pursue unity might observe that 77% of Americans, including a majority of Democrats and 85% of independents, don't want taxpayer dollars to fund foreign abortions. That was Leader Mitch McConnell on the Senate floor yesterday responding to President Biden's call for unity in the midst of executive orders and policy initiatives that run counter to what a majority of Americans believe and want. We're going to focus today on one of these areas, and that is the sanctity of human life, as we're joined by pro-life members from both the House and the Senate today. Congressman Ron Estes of Kansas will be here on a measure that he has reintroduced that protects babies with Down syndrome. He'll also weigh in on what lawmakers in his home state of Kansas are doing to advance a constitutional amendment protecting the sanctity of human life. Missouri Congressman Jason Smith stops by Washington Watch a little later to explain his No Abortion Bonds Act that keeps federal tax-exempt bonds from being used to build abortion clinics. And Utah Senator Mike Lee has three measures he has introduced that would advance the sanctity of human life throughout our public policy, both domestically and in our foreign policy. And uh, we'll hear about Congressman Bob Lotta's Save Moms and Babies Act, which keeps common sense protections in place around the use of drugs or chemical abortions that, quite frankly, are expanding rapidly. And finally, We'll get an update from the Director of Federal Affairs for Life and Human Dignity here at the Family Research Council. uh, I'll get that out. It's Friday. I've been doing a lot of talking this week. Connor Semmelsberger joins us with uh, some very encouraging developments about what's happening around the nation that I think really reflects where Americans are on the issue of life. So if you miss anything, you can find it all later at TonyPerkins.com. By the way, FRC hosted its annual Pro-Life Con. Uh, That's our convention on life. We do it every year. Well, this year it was totally virtual because uh, the March for Life was virtual as well. And if you missed it, if you missed it, not to worry, you can find it at uh, TonyPerkins.com. It's right there. Go check it out. All right, Republicans on Capitol Hill are responding in mass. And this is encouraging, and you should be encouraged, too. They are responding to this assault on the sanctity of human life that Joe Biden and his administration have launched. I mean, he is uh, setting a record. He has already set a record, and he's continuing the pace with executive orders, many of them zeroing in on the sanctity of human life. Uh, here's more of what uh, Senator Mitch McConnell, the Republican leader, had to say yesterday on the Senate floor. An administration that wanted to pursue unity might observe that 77 percent of Americans, including a majority of Democrats and 85 percent of independents, don't want taxpayer dollars to fund foreign abortions. This and many other common-sense pro-life policies enjoy broad support from the American people, but the radicalism of the modern Democratic Party seems dug in. Fortunately, political dynamics change, but the moral truth does not. Executive orders can't alter the basic science of human life. As I said, the uh, Biden administration, President Biden, setting records with the number of executive orders, um, surpassing two dozen already in his first week. And, you know, I go back. I've said this before, but it bears uh, being stated again. And that is the media criticized Donald Trump for all of his executive orders 
How many did he have in his first week? Four. Joe Biden, 24. Hmm. Well, another Republican leader working to advance the sanctity of human life is Congressman Ron Estes. He serves as the fourth congressional district representative from the state of Kansas. He serves on the House Subcommittee on Worker and Family Support, and uh, we welcome him back to the program. Congressman Estes, welcome to the program. Well, thank you. It's good to be back again. Well, your bill zeroes in on something I think is a is a really significant and growing problem, and that is the issue of abortions when a uh, parent mother get they, they get a, a uh, prenatal diagnosis of Down syndrome, and oftentimes they they move toward abortion, and we know that uh, these tests from quite a few sources. These tests can be wrong 50% of the time. What uh, Share with our listeners what your measure would do and why you have introduced it. Yeah, this is really important to talk about, you know, and, and the, the bill that uh, we've introduced, uh, Protecting Individuals with Down Syndrome Act, uh, is a, a bill pushing through the House, uh, have a companion bill in the Senate that uh, Senator Inhofe is, is uh, promoting as well. But basically what it does is it ensures the rights of people with disabilities to be protected. Uh, it's kind of tragic that mothers are now pressured into uh, aborting their babies because they've received a diagnosis for something like Down, Down syndrome. And, you know, we have, we have hundreds of thousands of people in the United States that, that uh, have Down syndrome today, and, and we, we, we don't think that uh, the government should support uh, an, a position that says their life's not worth living. Yeah, it was... Um a number of years ago when I was in office, actually, in, in Louisiana in the legislature, uh, what I found as it pertained in particular to Down syndrome, uh, although there were other uh, abnormalities that were included in these prenatal tests, that insurance companies were denying coverage in, uh, to these uh, parents based upon these tests, and so they were being driven toward aborting these babies. So this is a this is a growing problem. You know, some would say, "Well, you know, this is what. Why are you doing this? This is a very significant problem." It really is. And, and you know, we, we should value life. I mean, that's what's so important. And, you know, when we talk about the, the, the right to life, liberty, and a pursuit of happiness, we, we start off with life. And, and unfortunately, uh, babies with Down syndrome face a, a 67% uh, abortion rate. And, and it's just not right that their mothers be pressured to do an abortion. Uh, we're, we're taking it at the federal level. Several states, eight of them or so, have already passed legislation to to actually protect people with Down syndrome, and we want to continue to do that at the federal level as well. What, what's your sense? Are, are you surprised at how rapidly the Biden administration is moving forward to undo all of the pro-life measures that Donald Trump had put in place, but even to go further in really driving this uh, abortion-centric agenda? It, it really is. You know, after after President Biden's call for unity during the State of the Union, you know, I thought there was a chance that he would he would actually uh, follow through on that. But it, it's been amazing and, and disappointing to see so many of these executive orders that have come out. Uh, you know, we talk about, you know, 77 percent of Americans, including the majority of Democrats, don't want to use 
federal taxpayer dollars to fund abortions overseas. And uh, President Biden's just thrown that away uh, with his executive order. And, and it, it really smacks in the face of what, what, in many cases, Senator Joe Biden uh, stood for. Uh, you know, he talked about government uh, shouldn't take your money to assist somebody else to have an abortion. Uh, he actually supported an amendment praising uh, the Mexico City Accord. So it really highlights how extreme uh, and radical the Democrats have become today. I, 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 I cannot understand how, in the same breath, he can call for a desire for unity, but then also expand this, um, well, I mean, just undercut the very, I mean, the, the, the fundamental right to life. I mean, if we don't have any... You don't. You can't enjoy freedom. You can't pursue happiness if you don't have life. And I, I don't know how, when you have even in his own party, when it comes to, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this with uh, uh, Congressman uh, Senator Mike Lee on the what he did yesterday with the Mexico City policy, where 55 percent of Democrats opposed the use of tax dollars and federal funding for foreign abortions. I mean, how in the world can you uh, build a foundation for unity when you're forcing taxpayers to do something that they morally uh, oppose? You you really can't build unity doing that. I mean, particularly when you, when you talk about the, the leadership and the, the active folks that are in elected positions of the Democrat Party are taking such an extreme position. And, you know, you know, you thought a Biden administration at least would have a chance to work on unity moving forward. But so many of these policies, uh, even even Democrats uh, don't want, like, as you mentioned, you know, the majority, 55 percent of the Democrats uh, don't want federal tax dollars to be used for paying for abortions overseas and and you know 77 percent of all americans and it, it's uh it's sad that that's the position that the biden administration has taken coming right out of the gate i mean we, we should look at things that uh doing policies that we all agree on and it'll end up making our country better instead of uh, being so divisive with some of these things you're listening to Washington Watch, all things life today on this uh, Friday edition of Washington Watch. Congressman Ron Estes of Kansas, my guest. Um, Congressman, I want to get to uh, just a moment one of the, some of the exciting things that are happening in Kansas. Uh, Kansas is actually one of the very positive stories. There were a number, but this is a very positive story in this last election uh, because uh, there is a solid conservative majority there in, uh, in Kansas, and some, some good things are happening. But before I move to that, I want to go back. Uh, just to underscore something, uh, I left my notes in the other room, and I, I wanted to uh, pull this back up regarding the um, why what you're doing is so important on Down syndrome. There was a uh, an investigation by the New England uh, Center for Investigative Reporting. It was published in the Boston Globe about this uh, new wave of these prenatal tests, which are simply done through uh, blood testing. They're not as invasive, um, but half the time they're wrong. And parents are making decisions. And even, you know, the Boston Globe pointed to this, that this is actually pushing up abortions, the number of abortions that are taking place based upon this screening that is proven to be false half the time. Yeah, that, that's that's bad to be making life decisions about bad test data and bad test results. And uh, that's why it's so important that we, we highlight this issue. Uh, granted, it, it's it's 
it's maybe more desirable to have tests that are easier and and uh, less cumbersome to take. Uh, but if the results are wrong half the time and you end up taking the life of a baby because of that, uh, that's that's just bad policy for the country. I mean, it says a lot about who we are as a nation if we can't protect mm-hmm. life. Absolutely. Let, let's uh, very quickly, some good things happening in uh, the state of Kansas. Lawmakers are advancing a constitutional amendment. Tell our listeners about it. Yeah. So yesterday was a good day in Kansas, even even though we weren't have, have as much good news coming out of Washington. Uh, but the, the Kansas Senate uh, passed a, an amendment called the Value Them Both Amendment. Uh, basically, it is an amendment where we put into the Kansas Constitution uh, the, the right to life for both uh, the baby and the mother. And last week, the Kansas House passed that. Now that it's passed both chambers, it does not need a governor's signature. It's going to go straight to the people to vote for that. And, and this was so important in Kansas because even though the majority of Kansans support pro-life measures, and we've put a lot of legislation in place over the years, you know, in 2019, the Kansas Supreme Court made a terrible ruling where they came up with a unlimited right to abortion in the 1859 Kansas Constitution. And that's something we just, we've got to fix that, and, and I'm proud to see this as moving forward. It's encouraging, and a lot of stuff like that happening in the states. We're going to talk more about that later here on Washington Watch. Congressman, excuse me, Congressman Ron Estes, thanks so much for joining us today, and thank you for your leadership protecting the most vulnerable among us. Thank you. To find out more about uh, the work of Congressman Estes, go to TonyPerkins.com and follow the links over. And and by the way, I know we have a lot of listeners in Kansas. Uh, Reach out and thank Congressman Estes for his uh, his leadership. All right, coming up next, um, a measure to keep tax dollars from going to build abortion clinics. Hey, Matt. Hey, Hannah. What's going on? Why so gloomy? Well, I'm a little disappointed. I had a lot planned to do during the stay-at-home time, and I just didn't do it. Oh, yeah? What did you have planned that you didn't get to do? Well, I was actually hoping I'd finally be able to get time to do a regular Bible reading routine, and I started a couple of times. I just didn't stick with it. Don't be too down on yourself. Starting a new routine can be hard, but one way to help is to join in with others and to have a good game plan. I think I have a good solution for you. Oh, yeah? Tony Perkins and FRC are doing a two-year study in the Word. They have it all mapped out. When did they start? I I would be so far behind. Oh, that's not a problem. You can literally jump in any time. There's a daily reading just a couple of chapters a day with questions to help you think about what you're reading. Nice. Where can I find this? Go to frc.org slash Bible and you can get started. Where's that again? frc.org slash Bible. Got it. Checking it out now. In a recent poll, it was revealed that only 6% of Americans hold a biblical worldview. This research also indicated that Christianity's teachings on abortion, marriage, and homosexuality are not only misunderstood, but seen as dangerous and subversive. In response to this trend, Family Research Council has released a new set of resources in our Biblical Worldview series. In addition to our full publications, which cover the topics of Christian political engagement, abortion, religious liberty, and human sexuality, FRC now offers helpful summaries of each publication in this series, as well as accompanying prayer guides to help you and your family pray through these important issues. And finally, our popular biblical principles for political engagement is now available in Spanish. 
All these resources are free and available at frc.org slash worldview. Again, that's frc.org slash worldview. Masculinity in America has never been under attack the way it is today. We've reached the point where the term itself is considered toxic or offensive to many. The consistent message in our nation is that masculinity by nature is bad and is the root cause of many of the problems plaguing our society. From his experience as a military combat officer and ordained minister of the gospel, Lieutenant General William Boykin has seen and dealt with firsthand the breakdown of leadership in our nation by the lack of godly men living lives of biblical purpose. In his latest book, Man to Man, Rediscovering Masculinity in a Challenging World, he addresses the essential elements of manhood as a provider, an instructor, a defender, a battle buddy, and a chaplain, and explains how to personally develop these traits and pass them to the next generation. Get your copy today of Man to Man, wherever books are sold. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. So good to have you with us. Let me remind you, coming up on Wednesday, February the 10th at 7.30 p.m., Pray Vote Stand Town Hall. It'll be our first town hall meeting, The Way Forward. We'll be doing it at Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. I'll be joined by Pastor Gary Hamrick and uh, Mike Ferris of Alliance Defending Freedom. We'll be taking your questions, answering them live to be a part of it uh, and to get information. We'll be sending it out shortly. It'll be at TonyPerkins.com, but also to stay connected, text the word STAND to 67742. That's 67742, the word STAND. All right, you ever wonder how some of these abortion clinics are built? Did it ever cross your mind that you might be subsidizing them? Now, not just with your tax dollars that uh, we, you know, we saw the last administration, the Trump administration, step in to try to stop, and of course this administration accelerating, but there's been a, a significant loophole in the uh, the laws as it pertains to tax exempt um, or tax free municipal bonds and federal bonds, where these um, uh, tax free bonds, which are subsidized by taxpayers are actually being used to build abortion clinics. Well, joining me now to uh, to talk about this, Congressman Jason Smith. He represents the 8th Congressional District of Missouri, and he's actually working to stop this. Congressman Smith, welcome to Washington Watch. Hey, Tony. It's great to be with you. All right. Explain to our listeners the, the problem here, what's happening and what you're doing to fix it. You know, Tony, as you know, protecting innocent life is something that that we must never stop fighting to defend. And and you never know whenever you're looking at different aspects of government what you may come across. I serve on the House Ways and Means Committee, which is the committee that's responsible for all revenue into the country and, and all the tax policy. And for over 40 years, federal funds have been barred from going to organizations that support abortion services. Yet there there is a tax loophole that we discovered that allows abortion clinics to be built using subsidized tax-free bonds. And and that's why 
that's why I dropped this, uh, created this legislation and dropped it. It's called No Abortions uh, for Bonds Act, which closes that, that tax loophole, and it protects hardworking Americans' tax dollars um, and their values. And, and, and folks, just when he talks about dropping it, that means putting it in the uh, the hopper, filing that as a a bill. That yeah, because it just got to make sure. I have to remind myself that the the kind of the terminology we use here, not everybody uh, recognizes across the country. So he's leading out on this by filing this bill. Uh, this is, you know, this is one of those areas, Congressman, that most people would not have looked at. The benefit of having pro-life members at all on all committees of Congress, so you see the loopholes that they're using to exploit to uh, force taxpayers into partnership with the abortion industry. You know, it, it's so unfortunate. You have to watch every different aspect of of government. As we know, government is is so large. Whether it uh, has been in the past, like the President Trump and some other prior presidents that prevented the Mexico City policy from taking effect, where you would see some U.S. dollars going to um, foreign foreign programs that could possibly uh, be utilized to help form uh, fund abortions overseas. You have to look at all areas of the government. And when you see that there's a problem, do everything you can to try to advocate and try to fix it. You know, I I grew up one of those preacher's kids. And so, you know, protecting innocent life and the unborn was the sole part of, of, of how I was being raised. And so any aspect that we can find within government to protect innocent life, we got to do. And this is, uh, folks, another encouraging aspect, something that I have the privilege of having um, the opportunity to watch over the 18 years that I've been here and watching the Republican caucus in Congress become more conservative and more pro-life. There is not, to my knowledge, after the 2018 election, there's not a single openly pro-choice Republican. Now, there's varying degrees to commitment to life, but we have more members committed to the sanctity of human life than at any time I've been here. This is one of the things where we we cannot lose heart and step back when we're so close uh, to making such significant gains for the most vulnerable among us. Uh, Congressman Smith, any idea how significant this funding stream is to the abortion industry? You know, it's fairly large from the sense of the amount of money that goes to tax-free bonds. Being able to track exactly the total number that has been used to build abortion clinics, that's a hard number to um, right. to get. But $1 is too much in my mind. And like you said, the Republican conference is a pro-life caucus. Conference. That's why we've had, I mean, there's 57 members of the Republican conference that has signed on to this legislation to put their name on it saying, yes, we have to pass this. So um, it's something that that that's pretty important that needs to get done. Yeah, and it's also important because some would say that that understand what's happening right now with the Democrats in control of both the House and the Senate. They say, well, why are you doing this? Because you know Nancy Pelosi is not going to give a vote to it. This is where we we educate the the population as to what's happening or the public. Uh, But also, you know, this is really setting the pace for what happens when the Republicans do gain control 
uh, again. People say, well, you know, they've had control before and they haven't done it. But it's not the same people. It's, it's folks like uh, Congressman Smith and others who are committed to this. So I, I commend you, Congressman Smith, for uh, picking this up, running with it, and setting the pace for what I hope in two years will this will actually be voted on, passed, sent to the Senate, and become law. You know, uh, thank you, Tony. But regardless of who currently is in power in Washington, I can tell you I'm going to, the Republican conference is going to, to constantly defend the right of the unborn and hardworking tax, tax dollars. And uh, you have an open invitation to come here anytime you want to talk about that and the other things that you're championing on, uh, on Capitol Hill. Jason Smith, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you, sir. Take care. All right, uh, Congressman Jason Smith of uh, Missouri. Look, this this is important stuff. All right, we're we're setting the pace. We're setting the pace, beating the drum for the sanctity of human life. All right, coming up next, Utah Senator Mike Lee joins me, taking on the issue of keeping you out of funding abortions in our foreign policy. That's next year on Washington Watch. Don't go away. The history of religious persecution in China is extensive, and many are not aware of the current oppression of religious groups taking place there. China restricts religious practice and oppresses religious minorities on a sweeping scale. This religious persecution targets those of every faith. Christians, Muslims, Tibetan Buddhists, and Falun Gong practitioners are all victims of the Chinese Communist Party's efforts to suppress any set beliefs that might compete with the party's ideology. This campaign against religion has had and continues to have devastating consequences for those who simply wish to live according to their conscience. Family Research Council's recently updated publication addresses China's consistent abuses of human rights and explains why they cannot be treated like any other country. Learn more about this issue by visiting frc.org slash China. Oh, man. What's wrong? I just missed Washington Watch with Tony Perkins, and our congressman was going to be on the show today. Oh, that's not a big deal. What do you mean? Well, you can always catch the replay of the day's show. How's that? With the Stand Firm app. Yeah? Yep, you can catch that day's program and so much more. You can contact your elected officials on campaigns and policies that are important to you with the Take Action tab. You can listen to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins live and play previous episodes while conveniently going about your day. You can access the Washington Update, informative blogs, tweets, and critical campaigns on the main feed so you can stay up to date on local and national news. Wow, I'd definitely use that. How do you find the app? Just visit frc.org slash app and download or search Stand Firm in the App Store. Okay, that's Stand Firm. Yep, Stand Firm. How do you know all this? Because I'm a SageCon, but that's another story. Huh?
Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins. So glad that you are tuned in. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Lots of resources there for you so that you can be an effective, engaged citizen. You know, our republic, as I have said many times, is only for participants. It's not for spectators. Be a participant. This today, focused on the sanctity of human life today, the virtual March for Life took place earlier today. Um, But what's encouraging to me is that we have uh, heard from Republicans from both sides uh, of uh, the Capitol, House, Senate, focused on the sanctity of life, in large part pushing back because we, I think we're poised for one of the most pro-abortion administrations we've seen. I want to play this clip again. This was from yesterday, Joe Biden repealing uh, President Trump's prohibition against U.S. dollars being, f- being used to fund and promote abortion overseas. And the second, uh, uh, the second uh, order I'm going to be signing also changes what the president has done, the president, the, the president, what former president uh, has done, and that uh, a memorandum reversed the my predecessor's attack on women's health, <laughs> health access, and uh, as we continue to battle COVID-19. Joining me now to talk about this because he has a remedy is uh, Senator Mike Lee of Utah, who's been a champion for religious freedom and for the sanctity of life. Senator, welcome back to the program. Thank you very much, Tony. It's good to be with you. I had your uh, your House uh, colleague that is doing the same thing in the House on the program yesterday, Virginia Fox. So your bill is simply trying to codify into law this Mexico City policy, which has become like a, a ping pong ball. You know, one administration comes in, they do away with it. Republicans come back in and they reinstate it. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's become sort of like the, the nuclear football but with life policy. Uh, The bill I've introduced called the Protecting Life in Foreign Assistance Act would do something very simple. It would just ensure that our foreign aid is not funding the the, the conduct of abortions or the promotion of abortions overseas. You know, this goes all the way back to 1984 when President Reagan instituted the policy. Mm -hmm. That was the Mexico City policy, just saying uh, that the availability of Fam, uh, of uh, family planning foreign assistance funds to organizations that provide or promote abortions or advocate to change abortion laws in, in a foreign country is going to be prohibited. And and since then, the policy has been alternately rescinded and reinstated with changing administrations, just depending on whether they're Democrats or Republicans. We'd rather not have that football back bouncing back and forth, right. depending on uh, whether it's a Democrat or a Republican who's just been elected to the presidency. We think it should be statutory. And uh, that's what this bill would do. It's interesting uh, reading some of the news reports after Biden, you know, removed this prohibition and now opening the floodgates up to uh, foreign funding for this uh, in our foreign policy. What's interesting is that some of the organizations that are recipients of this are hesitant to sign back up because they know, first off, this runs counter to what the American people want. And and they're not certain the Biden administration is going to be around, you know, very long. And they'll have to go back and change their policies again. So I think I think people on both sides may want the stability. 
I think the stability would be good. And uh, look, there, there's no doubt that some people want this no matter what. Some people who want to use it to perform or promote or advocate for abortions in other countries, they're never going to be happy uh, with this becoming statutory. Right. But what matters is that the American taxpayer, yes. hardworking moms and dads in America who spend many weeks, if not months, out of every year just to pay their federal taxes, regardless of, of their own religious views or their own views more broadly about abortion, I think the overwhelming majority of those people don't want their taxpayer dollars going to fund or promote abortions in a foreign country. Yeah. That's just, uh, it's evil, and it's also ridiculous. Right. Well, a, a recent poll out, the mayor's poll out this week, 77% of Americans are opposed to this, 55% of Democrats opposed to it. Uh, very quickly, we're almost out of time, Senator, but you have a couple of other bills. One of them being abortion is not Health Care Act. I think this is very significant. Yeah, it is. It's very important because we believe that um, it's it's not health care. That's why I introduced the Abortion is Not Health Care Act to end the tax deductibility of abortions and clarify that this gruesome practice isn't health care. You know, health care is intended to prolong human life and relieve human suffering. And that's why we offer the tax deduction there. It's something very different when your purpose is to end an unborn human life. It shouldn't be considered health care. And this is very important for the overall discussion about health care that we not allow what some want to do, and that is to roll abortion into health care as if it's just a part of like, uh, you know, an appendectomy or something else. It is not. And I think it needs to be treated differently. And that's exactly what your bill does. Senator, out of time, I want to thank you as always for joining us and uh, thank you again for not only your commitment to life, but uh, religious liberty as well. We really appreciate you. Thanks so much, Tony. All right, Senator Mike Lee of uh, Utah. I'm telling you, these guys are not backing down. They're uh, hitting the gas on these issues to educate the American public, challenge the Democrats, and provide a stark contrast. All right, more to come on the other side of the break. Don't go away. You're listening to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Get a trusted perspective on the news of the day every day. Listen to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins to get honest and in-depth commentary on what's going on in our nation's capital and around the world. Join Family Research Council President Tony Perkins live every weekday on over 800 radio stations across the country. Or listen to the show when it works for you by visiting TonyPerkins.com. On the show, you'll hear from guests like Ben Carson, Senator Josh Hawley, Representative Vicki Hartzler, Molly Hemingway, Pastor Jack Hibbs, Dana Lash, Sissy Graham Lynch, Pastor John MacArthur, Eric Metaxas, Albert Moeller, and more. Tony is joined by leading political figures, pastors, and policy and culture experts who will inspire you to be engaged and informed on the important issues facing America. For a Christian perspective on the news of the day, tune in to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins at TonyPerkins.com. Ever since the Supreme Court handed down its infamous Roe v. Wade decision in 1973 that legalized abortion nationwide, a national debate has raged over whether the government should fund abortion. In 1976, Congress banned taxpayer funding of abortion and Medicaid by passing the Hyde Amendment. 
several states have followed suit, passing their own restrictions on abortion funding. However, because government funding is a complex system of joint federal and state programs, completely banning taxpayer funding for abortions and abortion businesses like Planned Parenthood is challenging. There is still much work to be done to free the American taxpayer from funding the horrific practice of abortion. Family Research Council's new publication clearly explains the Hyde Amendment and why we need to keep it in order to save taxpayers from being forced to fund abortion. Access this important information by visiting frc.org slash Hyde. What's on your daily or weekly reading list? Are you looking for honest and informative commentary from fellow believers on the current issues facing our culture? Family Research Council has just the thing. Check out FRC's blog at frcblog.com. The content on our blog is written by our policy experts as well as outside contributors. On our blog, you can read about a wide variety of topics, including religious liberty, life, marriage, family, sexuality, public policy, and the culture. Read up on some of our latest titles like Four Disturbing Trends in Religious Freedom Worldwide, Legitimizing Looting Jeopardizes Liberty for All, The Media Still Doesn't Get It, Conservatives Tend to Vote Conservative, and more. At Family Research Council, our mission is to advance faith, family, and freedom in the culture by helping you live out your faith and to stand for truth. Our blog is here to help you do that. Stay informed and get the resources you need at frcblog.com. Listening to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. The website TonyPerkins.com. As I mentioned earlier today, FRC hosted its annual Pro-Life Con, our convention on life. This year, the uh, the march and everything was totally virtual. Our Pro-Life Con was virtual. The good news is, if you missed it, you can still find it. Uh, it's at TonyPerkins.com. I encourage you to take a look at it. Some really, really good stuff happening here. I know. I know. You know. We're discouraged. Some bad things happened in the election. You know, just this week we've seen the unleashing of this uh, really culture of death from the Biden administration. I mean, it's in the double standard that we see in the media where, you know, Joe Biden has gotten, I guess, almost two dozen or more uh, executive orders in his first week. Now, if you'll recall, and I've talked about this before, but I think it's important to point out the double standard that the media criticized Donald Trump for his executive orders, saying that he was a, uh, you know, a tyrant dictator, couldn't work with his own party, had control of the House and Senate, but couldn't do anything. So he used executive order. How many did Donald Trump do in his first week? Four. In fact, his first 100 days, 36. Uh, Joe Biden will probably surpass that next week in the second week. And. He has a Democratic Senate and a Democratic House. But what is the media saying? Did you hear those crickets? That's what the media is saying. Nothing. Well, the Republicans taking this opportunity to show the sharp contrast between the philosophies of the two parties. One, embracing the sanctity of human life. We've talked about it with members of the House and the Senate. And we're going to talk about it some more. Joining me now to uh, to talk about another measure that addresses an emerging threat 
when it comes to the issue of of life and the health of mothers and babies is uh, Congressman Bob Lada. He represents the 5th Congressional District of Ohio. Congressman, welcome back to the program. Tony, thanks very much for having me on, and thank you for all that you do. Well, I appreciate that, Bob. Thanks so much. You are addressing an issue that is under the radar for many, and that is while we've seen a decline in the number of abortions that have been conducted at abortion clinics, because abortion clinics are closing, uh, they're losing ground, but they have made a tactical shift in using abortion drugs, chemical abortions, and they're looking to try to loosen the laws and regulations around them, and this is putting women at risk, is it not? Oh, absolutely, because uh, what we've seen is an increase in chemical abortions across the country. They were first uh, approved back in 2000, and uh, they think right now that with women, the number is about 39% of the abortions now since uh, 2017 are chemical. And there's a higher uh, complication rate because women don't know exactly uh, sometimes what, uh, when to take this, these two pills. And there's more, uh, more emergency room visits that uh, occur because of it. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's really uh, uh, frightening what we've seen happening out there because, of course, the pro-abortion uh, groups out there are really pushing for this. They have abortion on demand. And, no, you know, they're self, self-managed without any physical or physician oversight. And uh, so it's, it's dangerous. Let me stop you. I want, I want to make sure people understand what you just said. These... Uh, Death-inducing drugs, this chemical abortion, this has been being given to women without ever even seeing a doctor. Is that right? Well, correct. And and that's the the, uh, scary thing because what the uh, pro-choice side out there is trying to do is, again, have these drugs out there and, uh, you know, through the mail, Internet, you name it, and through telemedicine and, uh, you know, never seeing a patient. They want, and uh, what we want to make sure is, especially in our legislation, is that uh, you know that the that we don't have this change of uh, labeling on these drugs, and that's what they call the REMS, which is a risk evaluation mitigation strategy right. uh, for these approved drugs, and you know, and the, the dispensing of these drugs remotely, because again, uh, you know, you don't know who's getting it, who's taking it, and how it's being administered. And so when you look at the dispensing, the labeling, and not approving any more of these drugs, because right now FDA is out there uh, and approved clinical trials on teleabortion. And, uh, you know, no doctors, no, no ultrasound, no nothing. And that's incredibly dangerous for women. Well, this goes back to a conversation we had on went all the way to the Supreme Court. Uh, the law out of Louisiana I actually authored the first uh, version of this back when I was in the legislature on the Abortion Clinic Regulation Act that required these clinics to have a relationship with local hospitals. The whole reason being that if a woman had complications after an abortion, they would be able to readily access uh, their records, know what had happened to her. In this case, what you're talking talking about is that this this abortion inducing drug could come through or this abortion drug could come through the mail be dispensed remotely if there's complications how is that hospital that she this emergency room she shows up in how will they even know anything about what she has been given 
Yeah, and, and that's why we're seeing such an increase in um, emergency room visits because there you don't have it. Uh, otherwise, uh, when you don't have that oversight and when you don't see a patient, and uh, so you know, th- th- this is why we're uh, we believe that we've got to move forward on this legislation where we've been working on it. We and I'm confident, you know, we will get it done, but uh, it might not uh, be as fast as we want because, of, unfortunately, with the Democrats controlling the White House in both chambers and Congress, but we have got to keep working because of what uh, the, the, what these drugs do. And, you know, if you take off the, um, you know, these groups want to take off this REMS or this risk evaluation mitigation on these, uh, off the, even off the labels, it's just like, wait a minute, uh, you know, uh, how do you know how dangerous it is if you, you get this thing and you, and you uh, don't know what you're really doing except thinking, well, it must be okay. And, uh, you know, one of the great uh, things that through the pro-life movement, we've seen the number of abortions going down in this country. But I think it's always important, you know, to stress that you've got to put, uh, you just don't look at a number, but, you know, in 2017, the number of abortions performed in this country would take out every resident of South Dakota. And when we've seen these chemical abortions going up, uh, and the, and uh, the percentages and and again that the, what the other side wants is oh we don't want you don't even have to see a doctor and uh, you don't know who that patient is and you know to get just a simple prescription you know doctors want to see because they want to write something out there uh, for just a, for some kind of a cold medicine maybe but here we are talking about taking a life and uh, somebody getting this through the mail or or through telemedicine, which is absolutely wrong. You know, it always amazes me, Bob, just how much influence and control the abortion industry has over our policy uh, in this country. It is, uh, and it's clearly one party. Uh, They have so much influence over the Democratic Party. It is, uh, it is shocking. Well, and it is. It's, it's pretty much a one-sided uh, uh, group out there, and who they who they turn to. But you know, when we introduced the legislation the other day, yesterday, in fact, that we had uh, 72 original co-sponsors on the, the legislation. So when you think there's 435 members in the House to have 72 original co-sponsors just to get started, that's a tremendous number. It just shows that that we're that we do have a, a huge pro-life. Uh, caucus in the House of Representatives. Any chance of getting uh, Democratic support for this? You know, it's tough because, you know, when you look at the other side uh, right now, uh, there are very few of these to call blue dog Democrats right. left. And uh, they're, they're pretty much controlled by the, you know, the liberal socialists then now. And uh, so it's it's tough. There's, there's, you know, there might be a few out there, but uh, unfortunately, like Dan Lipinski, who was from Illinois and right. Chicago area, was defeated in the primary uh, in the last uh, Congress. And uh, he was one of the very few, you know, of those, and that's why he was defeated. He was, he was targeted by his own party because of his pro-life stand. He, 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 that's correct, because of his, and I, I know him very well. Yeah. And, you know, maybe Dan and I didn't uh, agree on about 95% of other pieces of legislation, but when it came to pro-life, he was solid. Yeah. But the, the left came went out, and they said, we're getting rid of him, and unfortunately they took him out. Well, I appreciate the stand that you are taking, uh, Congressman Bob Lotta, and we encourage you to continue to do that. And uh, I welcome you back anytime to talk about those issues here on Washington Watch. Well, thank you very much. Greatly appreciate it. All right. Have a great weekend. You too now. Thank you. 
Congressman Bob Lada of Ohio represents the uh, the 5th Congressional District. So, again, you know, if he's your congressman there in Ohio, and I know we've got many listeners in the Buckeye State, you know, reach out and tell him thank you for his leadership. Again, you can go to the website, TonyPerkins.com, and you can follow the links over. All right, joining me now in studio to talk about some more encouraging things in terms of what's happening at the state level on this issue of uh, life, Connor Semmelsberger. He is the Director of Federal Affairs for Life and Human Dignity here at the Family Research Council. Connor, welcome back. It's great to be on, Tony. So while, you know, it's disappointing to see what we see with, uh, you know, the uh, the speed pin of uh, Joe Biden, you know, undoing the pro-life measures of the previous administration. And, and, of course, this is just the foretaste of things to come. He is clearly out of step with the American public, which is on display at the state level all across America. That's exactly right, Tony. And and the states are really going to be where we see most of this pro-life activity happening uh, these next two years, being locked out of any any t- t- chance at pro-life legislation here in Congress. We will be turning to the states, and it's been great effort already. 2021 is off to an amazing start in the states, as uh, 23 states have already introduced 54 uh, uh, pro-life bills with another 21 carrying over from last year. So they have hit the ground running, ready to reflect the will of the American people, which is to ultimately end abortion. And after this last election, I know we've talked about this a number of times, but uh, a number of the chambers switching over to Republicans, so Republican uh, conservatives making gains uh, in this last election at the state level. We were talking earlier with Congressman Ron Estes of Kansas. That's another state where Republicans have solidified their influence. I should say conservatives, because not all Republicans are conservative in, in, in uh, quite frankly, Kansas. Not, no offense there, listeners in Kansas, but it's always been kind of a weird state when it comes to Republicans, um, but solidly conservative. In fact, we were talking about the uh, the amendment that came out of the Senate there yesterday. Yeah, that is a great effort to see. It's something that's really picking up in some of these states. Uh, Louisiana, your home state, uh, being able to successfully pass an amendment there to, to shape that Constitution to really fight it back against any type of court uh, readings into the Constitution, just like our Supreme Court did here in D.C. Uh, so Kansas really off to a great start with that, putting that measure to the, to the people of the state, getting them to, to vote themselves that, hey, uh, we the people of Kansas want to say that nobody in our state has a right to an abortion or to have that abortion funded, which is a key piece. So off to a great start, and I think that will pick up in other states. We hear Iowa might be next in, in pushing a similar thing uh, for a future election. Yeah, again, Again, where you see the people at work, you see them advancing the sanctity of human life. I mean, it's it, the, the picture is quite amazing when you look across the landscape of America. It's just here in Washington, you know, with the Democratic Party. And, and this is we were just talking. You heard the uh, the conversation I was having with Bob Lada. There was a time when there were what was blue dog Democrats. They were socially conservative. They were pro-life. There used to be a lot of them. Uh, there are none. I think it might be, I don't know, is there even one? If that, yeah. yeah I barely. Mean, he's in hiding uh, mm-hmm. because there's probably, you know, they're almost extinct. But um, 
That's not the case anymore. But what has happened is you've had the Republican Party has become more pro-life. And I mean really pro-life because, as I mentioned, I don't think we have, uh, after 2018, a single openly pro-choice Republican. Uh, the, the caucus is uh, pro-life and, of course, varying degrees. But we've got some really, really strong pro-life leaders. Democratic Party, the polar opposite. Uh, rabid uh, pro-abortion advocates there, controlled by Planned Parenthood. At the state level, I think that's really, and, and I guess I'm partial to it because I was a state legislator, but the states really do, I think, reflect where the American people are. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to pick up on what Representative Lada had said on the issue of chemical abortion. That's an issue that because we're, we're protecting against Biden, taking strong action to repeal those restrictions, there's been a great coalition of pro-life leaders, us being one of them, working together to form state model legislation to lock those restrictions in uh, on chemical abortion so that these pills can't be sent to women um, without physicians' uh, support. And Beautifully enough, down in Texas, the lead sponsor on that bill is a pro-life Democrat. Yeah. So it, it, there is some traction at the state level to, to work across the aisle. So we're, we're open to work with that and, and promote these bills when the American people know that these women deserve protection as well. Well, as well a good children. example of that, the Pain Capable Unborn Child Protection Act that um, Trent Franks first offered here nationally after the Kermit Gosnell uh, event in Philadelphia years ago didn't get any traction here in in Washington initially, but the state started passing it. Uh, and, and I really think at this point, this is where the action is. It's at the state level. And so I am looking uh, over the next two years to see all kinds of positive pro-life, pro-religious liberty uh, legislation moving up from the states, challenging the uh, the direction that the Biden administration is trying to push America. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Alabama was a perfect case of that in 2019. They passed an all-out abortion ban, one of the first states to do it, at least in my lifetime. And you're seeing several states pick that up already, Arkansas being one of them, to say, we're not going to leave any unborn life on the table. We want to ban abortion. This is this policy of our state. And I think the same thing, like you said, with the pain-capable bill, we hope to see that sweeping across these conservative legislatures across the country. So, folks, pray for gridlock in Washington, D.C., and roll up your sleeves and go to work at your state level, mm-hmm. passing positive, pro-life, pro-family, pro-religious liberty legislation. I'll tell you, that's what I'm praying. I want gridlock in Washington, D.C., because nothing's headed in the right direction. We just want to freeze it right now until we get some uh, decent leadership here in our nation's capital. Connor, thanks so much for uh, joining us. You probably hear that music. That means you and I got to go. That's right. Thanks again, Tony. All right, folks. Thank you for joining us as well. Check out the website, TonyPerkins.com. Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.